0: Welcome to Bite Size Dental Marketing. Today, we are having a different kind of session. We're having the second of our HTTM, uh, How to Tactically Market. And today, as always, the lovely Andre Santos. Andre, thank you so much for jumping on with me today. You wanted to talk today about the tactical differences in fee-for-service marketing versus a PPO practice. And I I think by extension, we'd probably get into some how a Medicaid practice may differ from PPO just tangentially, but give me the overview. What are your thoughts on the topic?
1: Yeah. yeah. Before I even get to that, I want to say, you know, the reason why we started this segment, it's because we want to, we want the people listening, the doctors, the team members listening to be able to walk away with actionable items that they can implement in their practice. And the reason why I suggest that we talk about a FIBA service practice today is because we're seeing this shift in the market where we're getting contacted and hired a lot more so today than ever to do exactly that, to help practices move out of network mm-hmm. from insurance, you know, get out from under Delta and some of those other plans. And so we thought it made sense to give them some specific action items to, to accomplish that. Now, I'm going to go back a little bit on, on, on our word and say, I don't know that there is these really different tactical items that it, as it relates to FIFA service practice, think of this as playing a sport. Let's say you play basketball and you play at a local level or a regional level. You're doing the same things. You're, you're dribbling, you're shooting, you know, you're passing, but to play at a national level, you just have to be a lot better than than average. You have to do the exact same things, but just at a higher degree of excellence and quality. Mm-hmm. And so. Mm-hmm. You can think of marketing a FIFA service practice versus a PPO or even a Medicaid practice some capacity the same way you know the, the things we're going to talk today they're not unique to FIFA service practice. we're just going to emphasize how you need to do them differently or to to what degree is expected because of the experience that a patient that is paying out of network costs expects from a practice.
0: Does that make sense it does I, I like the basketball analogy i And when I think about it, I I like that a lot. I think a Medicaid practice is competing with other Medicaid practices, right? Because you're assigned a patient. I think a PPO Mm -hmm. practice is competing with, by and large, other PPO practices. I mean, you know, do you take my insurance is probably the biggest barrier. I think to use your basketball analogy, I'm no longer playing against the people in my neighborhood. I'm playing against now other events. And I think a fee-for-service practice, I think your sort of competition Is some PPO practices, certainly, because, you know, I mean, I think they're dentists. I also think you're competing with my discretionary income and how I choose to allocate it, you know, my priorities. Mm. But I really think you're competing probably with my education and not my, you know, computer science degree or whatever I may have. You're competing with my education around the dental industry and and dental insurance. And, you know, I, I think I like your sports analogy because, yeah, as you move up. You're not doing anything different, but you are practicing longer. You are certainly putting more time in. You're practicing for purpose, not just, you know, oh, I got to go to practice.
1: Yeah, I think the very first one you've already touched on, which is the phone. And Mm. that one question, do you take my XYZ insurance? I think PPO practice also answers that question, but they get to to answer yes a lot of the times, which makes the game a lot easier. yeah. Yes, we do. Right. Mm-hmm. The, you yeah. Know, yep. what's, your, what's the next available appointment? Great. Now, I think a fee service practice, and that's, again, the, the education point, they have to know, they have to have a plan to how they're going to answer that question and talk about, yes, we are, you know, able to see you. We're an unrestricted provider and uh, we're not coaches, so I can't give you a play-by-play on what exactly to say. But the message that the patient needs to feel is that you do see them there. There's a lot of other patients who also have the same insurance that come there because there's that safety of, I'm not the first person that's coming there trying to go outside of the lines. There's a lot of other people who are like me who come there and you gotta give them this this comfort that dental insurance is not the same as medical insurance. And a a lot of people's knowledge of insurance in the medical space trains them that they can't really go out of network as well that's mm-hmm. not really the same in dental. So I would say the number one step or tactic or, you know, uh, advice is have a plan for answering the question, how do you take my insurance and make sure that the patient knows that they are welcome there and there's a lot of people who have that same plan to come there. And oh, I'll add one more thing, explain to them how it will work, what was going to happen on the first visit, yep. how are you, they, you know, what's expected of them in terms of payment, if you're going to file the insurance for them or help them file and the reimbursement, and this is a little different per state and per uh, carrier, but if you can explain to them in very simple terms, yes, we do. And here's it's going to work here. I think you have a lot better chance of converting those patients.
0: You know, I had Catherine from speak on a few months ago, and she worded it so wonderfully that you need to get behind the question and not just answer the question, you know, yes or no. The question is, you know. Gosh, do you need a lot of work done? Is that why you're asking or somehow be interested in why they're asking the question? And I I do find that a fee-for-service practice tactically, but I do think a PPO practice can get away with a busier front desk. I think a fee-for-service practice, when that phone picks up, you need to be patient and loving and absolutely try to get to know the human because you're no longer an order taker, you are in a sales role mm-hmm. and and I think that tactically, if they could get that front desk dedicated to when that phone rings that that is where their attention is don't try to multitask don't try to check someone out don't try to do you know field that question i I think it's probably underrated in today's short staffed you know always busy environments that were that mm-hmm. we're in, and I would like to see them slow down
1: is that one a uh, or is that two b you know, I don't know
0: I will tell you, I'm the guy who's like, oh, point number one, and then I'm like, point B, and then, you yeah. know, um, point 2C. Yeah, yeah, no, 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 I'm, I'm not the guy to keep count on these things. But I, I'll go All with right. 1B.
1: All right, let's go with yeah, 1B. Yeah, yeah. All right. So I think no. number two, and again, this is important for every practice, but it's a lot more important for people service practice. You have to have a really nice looking website and online presence, but not just beautiful looking It has to feel personal. You have to build the connection as best as you can with that patient before they've even been to your practice to give them that sense of warm and fuzzy, that this is a really high, you know, high class office. It doesn't have to be high end and expensive necessarily, but that the Mm -hmm. people there are there for a long time, that they care about their patients. And the best way to do that is two things. Number one, do away with stock photography. You can get away with it if you're a Medicaid practice. You can somewhat get away with it if you're a PPO. But if you're fee-for-service, I think the bar is higher. You need to have your own photography for the website. You know, I've said this tip many, many times. Hire your friend or your family photographer who does their Christmas photos or whatever the case may be to come and just get some pictures of you interacting with your team, interacting with patients, and being be who you are. Don't change who you are. Don't, don't pose in a fake way. Just be who you are. But get that original content that makes, it, it, it changes the, the feel of any website tremendously. Uh, yeah. And paired with that, I do think you need to have some video content of you talking directly to the prospective patient, introducing yourself, telling them about who you are and your approach to dentistry and what makes it unique, what, what, what kind of experience you want patients to have, because I think that is how you can connect and make people intrigued to pick up the phone and call.
0: Yeah, I can't say enough about that. I, I think we're buying the experience In we're not really looking for a dentist. We're looking for the experience that a dentist provides us and that comfort of seeing who I'm going to meet. And if you don't you know, practice in a suit, don't wear a suit for your pictures. If you practice in scrubs, mm-hmm. wear scrubs. If you're business casual, wear business casual. But I think you need to think of it as a way to accelerate that connection that when Mm -hmm. I see you, I know what I'm getting myself into. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And, you know, to build on that, I think you need to capture patience in the same way. I I think knowing what I'm getting into is one thing, but seeing other people like me on your website, seeing other people like me on your social media, I I think also endears me to this is a place that I want to associate with. And I think getting the patient testimonials. And I, and I know that you know cascades down into reviews, but getting the patient testimonials, I think is also very, very important because I want to know that you worked on people like me, that people like me go there. And, and the, the association of it, I think is very powerful as well.
1: It's very true. And I think there's a level of trust and connection that comes from the doctor talking to the patient directly, but there's a whole other level of trust when a third party that's you know, obviously you're talking about your own business, you want people to come there. But when a third party person is willing to vouch for you, that carries quite a bit more trust in that prospective patient's mind. And funny enough, I was just having a discussion the other day about you know trends and, and how the marketplace is changing. So consider this uh to B if I'm keeping track of it correctly. Yeah, I like on it. the on uh, on the on the content there. If you can get user-generated content around your practice, and what what this means is Have some of your patients take their phone, selfie mode style, and have them record themselves as they get out of the car, as they come to the front door, as they are welcomed by the practice and and they're touring the office and they're sitting on the chair and they're waiting for you. Like Really document that experience. That kind of content right now is the most powerful kind of marketing content Mm -hmm. because it feels super, super authentic. Again, no. we do patient testimonies all the time. We've been doing them for a long time, but it's usually in a more controlled environment. We have lights, we have questions prepared, and all of those things. But when the patient is sort of in a raw way, documenting their journey, the other people watching that content really connect with it. And so
0: I know it's they a know more, it's authentic.
1: They know it's authentic. Mm-hmm. Authentic. So I know it's a little more challenging sometimes to convince patients to do it. But you can start with a friend, you know, a friend or a family member, just to get one that so you can then show other patients. Would you do something like this for us? And the reality of it is, if you are a really, really well-ran practice and your patients love you, they want to help you. They're, They're grateful. They're thankful for the work you've done for them. They consider you as a friend and they want, people like to help people that do right by them. And so I don't think that the patients will be adverse to doing it, but most people don't know how to do it. So if you can do one example for them and say, you know, show it to them, say, hey, can you do something like this for me? They would, and it's super powerful when it comes to marketing, and it's even more so impactful for those fee-for-service practices, it's, especially if you can have them talk about, they thought they were a little unsure about how it was going to work because of the fact that they have XYZ plan and your auto out of network, but the experience was super smooth. The front desk person took care of all the paperwork. They just had to effectively pay up front and get reimbursed later. But it was totally worth it because it's an experience like they've never had before. I think that's the marketing goal and that's the tactic right there.
0: Yeah, very well said. Now, what's point three for you? Point
1: three, to me, it's reviews.
0: Mm-hmm. You know,
1: we, we talk about reviews almost in every topic that we talk about, how those are important. But I think, again, for a service practice, it's just a lot more important. If all your competitors have 50 reviews and they're five stars, I want you to have 100, 150. Mm-hmm. I want you to. Not just be a little bit better, I want you to crush it. And I want people leaving long comments and praising how the experience is because, like you said earlier, the the experience and what is it like being a patient there is one of the most important factors. I mean, obviously, being a clinically good dentist and taking care of business, all those things are important, but a prospective patient doesn't know those things yet. They haven't been there, right? You know, you're trying to create that feeling in them before they've ever had a chance to meet you face to face, and the reviews mm-hmm. and that social proof and the validation is really powerful. And there's that the power in the numbers. If a lot more people are choosing you, it must mean that you're
0: worth it. One thing that I think that dentists there's many things. One thing, something that I think dentists need to understand. When they think of their patient base and how well they connect and how they treat them like family, whatever they tell themselves, they're leveraging the information they have after they've been a patient for some period of time. They're not actually putting them shoes of someone looking at their practice for the first time and not knowing their personality, not knowing anything about them and just judging picture, you know, practice number A and practice number B from each other. I said numbers, but, you know, that's it. And if you put yourself in the, they don't know you, they don't know that you, you, you're clinically a better dentist. They don't know that you, the, the other offices don't take care of their staff the way you do. They don't, none of that is known to them. They, and I think finding ways to connect are so impactful, but they only know, a patient only knows what they know at the point they know it. They don't know that you're an amazing dentist. They don't know that you're a great guy or great girl. They don't know that they know nothing other than what they see. And I think reviews play such a huge part of that because it, you know, they're the original user generated content and we do trust Google when it comes to reviews. And if I can see the reviews and I can see, you know, the the pictures on the site, and I can see other people let me go that, that, that does now make me open to going there and learning more about who, you know, who that doctor is and, and what she represents. Yeah.
1: And, you know, to, to complete that, that point there, some tactical advice, go sign up for a tool like Swell or mm. Bird Eye or Podium that plugs in directly to your management system and that sends an automated review request at the end of the day to everyone. And, you know, and you can even segment it by procedure code and like comp exams, those things. But oftentimes practices are scared that they're going to accidentally invite a negative review. Don't be. Uh-huh. If you are running a fee-for-service practice, great care should be table stakes. You know, that's not something you're worried about. All of those tools still have a way to prevent a specific individual from receiving a request if you really are concerned. And if you've thought about it before, but you thought, you know, my front desk does a really good job asking. They'll just send them, you know, uh, they'll show them the QR code and all those things. It's just, it's not sustainable. I'm not saying you shouldn't have the QR code and you shouldn't have the, the team talk about it. You personally should be talking about it as well. However, the safety and the consistency of having a tool doing it every single day in the long enough time run outperforms the manual processes every time. And yep. it's a worthwhile investment before anything else. It's one of the most impactful marketing tools and, and expense items, if you will, that a practice can, can implement. Yeah,
0: I agree. And it's well said.
1: I have one more, Eric, I have one Tell more. Tell
0: me, is it a bonus? Uh, is this four or three bonus?
1: It's bonus. Cause okay. I don't know that this is a requirement, but I think it's really, really nice and important. And that is having an in-house membership plan. And the reason for that is because you're telling patients already that you're not going to be able to use the benefits the way they're accustomed to. But if you do the education piece that we talked about earlier and they understand how their dental insurance really is almost like a discount plan, not true insurance, the way that your homeowner's insurance is insurance, and you can be, get them to become a member of your in-house plan, there's a couple of things that happen that come with it. Number one, because they've already prepaid for their hygiene appointments, they're more likely to, to stick with it. know Yeah. The, the the loss aversion principle of human nature: people are a lot more uh, concerned with losing something than with the, the possibility of gaining something. You know, if you give someone a bet of flip a coin, if you win, you 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 win a hundred dollars, but if you lose, you lose a hundred dollars. People won't take it because they're more worried about losing the hundred dollars and the potential of gaining that that money. And so, when people pay for the cleans up front, they don't want to lose them, so they show up. If they show up, that means a fewer patients fall off your hygiene schedule. It also means that you get more opportunities to diagnose treatment and make sure that they're healthy. So a lot of benefit and good things happen when those patients have the membership plan. And if you're worried about the discount side of it, because most membership plans, when you sign up, there's a membership fee. They get, you know, two or three cleans included and so on and so forth. But then they also get 10 or 15% off of treatment note this, patients who have a membership plan, on average, do almost twice as much treatment as patients that don't. And that is the Costco mentality. When you go to Costco and you perceive everything to be on discount, you buy more. And so Mm -hmm. when patients have membership plan, they know they're getting a deal, they tend to do more dentistry that perhaps they wouldn't do otherwise. And so it's an overall plus for the practice. And it gives you that stickiness with the patient as well, because if they're a member of your plan, they're not switching dentists because they switched jobs or they had a life event and they changed insurance plans. They're sticking with you because they're part of your of your membership plan, your tribe, so to speak. So I really think it's important. It's not a deal breaker, but I think it makes a huge difference for people service practices.
0: I agree. And I, I think making it part of the culture is is as important. I think if you have it in you're not talking about it with almost every new patient, you know, why are we doing it? I think it needs to be part of the culture and I think it needs to be part of the education around it. I think, I think you nailed it. Yeah. And if you're not sure
1: how to, if you, uh, another tactical advice here. If you're not sure how to implement a membership plan and you're worried about keeping track of who has it, who didn't, who's gonna use it, who hasn't used it, there are tools out there that effectively manage all that for you. Tools like (laughs) Subscribely where, they take care of the management of the plan. They integrate with your PMS, and they can tell you which patients have already used the the benefits or not. So there are easy ways, air quotes, to to do this, where it's not managing it on an Excel sheet that can make your life easier and still get all the benefit of having the plan. And so that would be the the last uh, advice there.
0: Now, Andre, would you mind summarizing the three points and the bonus point for me, real quick? <laughs>
1: Yeah, so number one, we started with the phone. Have a plan to how you're gonna answer the question if they take their insurance. Make sure that your front desk is not rushed, that they have time to welcome the patient to the practice. Reassure them that they made a great choice by choosing you. you now brag a little bit about your team and your doctor and just give them that feeling of, wow, this is not like the last practice that I called. Number two is having really high quality content. Photos and videos of you, And the team and the practice you know user-generated content and testimonials are really really powerful especially if you can have them talk about what the experience was like having insurance and coming to your office number three was reviews you know we talked about how that's the original form of user-generated content you know having those comments about not just nice team but if they speak to the treatments they did and how they, it's not like the, the regular experience that they've had in their life before with dentists. And having a volume that separates you from the rest of the pack. right? So if everybody's got 50, you want to have 100, 200, you know, really, <laughs> really investing into it and, and invest into a tool so that it's automated. You're not leaving it up to luck or people's business schedules to make sure that this happens. And the bonus uh, the tip was the membership plan and how much value it drives for the practice. It increases. Retention it increases production per patient, and there are tools like Subscribely that allow you to have all of that without having to manage the plans by hand in an Excel sheet or something like that. And you know, I think my final thought, Eric, when I've had this conversation before with some some clients about going fee for service and what does it mean, I like to paint this picture. Think about what you're asking of from a patient to come to your practice in, in a fee for service environment. You're asking them to find you online and, you know, book an appointment, keep their appointment, show up on time, come to the back, sit in the chair and be a good patient and not be fussy. You're asking them to then leave and go to the front desk and pay whatever your UCR fees are or your your normal cash fees are without fussing about it, trusting, you know, paying up front, trusting that the insurance is going to reimburse them, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. trusting that your team is going to do the paperwork correctly and all of those things. And then you want them to leave and you want them to give you a Google review, give it a really good one. With lots of comments and you know a lot of passion there. And then you want them to come back to the practice some other day in the future to record some testimonies for you. To tell, and you want them to tell their friends and family about you. Mm-hmm. So like you're asking a lot of this person. So I think what you need to ask yourself is, what are you willing to do in exchange for all of that? You have to give them a reason to feel like all that trouble is worth it. And that is not just the care. It's how you make them feel and the experience. Because we all have some relationship in our lives that we know that we could probably get it cheaper, whether it be your homeowner's insurance or your banker or your yard guy, it doesn't matter. But there's those people that you know that you might be paying a premium, but it's worth it to you. Because you know that if you've ever had a problem or if you ever have one in the future, they're going to stick by you. They're going to take care of you. If you need something, you pick up the phone you call. They're going to be there for you. And that's what you're trying to create. You're trying to create a loyalty to where the patient is saying, I don't care what insurance plan I have. This is my doctor because they've taken really good care of me. They've done right by me in all those years. And I trust no one else. And so I think that's the bar for FIFA service practice.
0: Yep. I agree. Very well said. Well, Andre, that was your how to tactically market and your buy-to-dental marketing. Thanks so much for jumping on the show with me.
1: Thanks, Eric.